another podcast with Sheffield Wednesday at the top of the table here on the Owls Americast. Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. Top of the table. You can look at it. It's right there. Don't ask anything else about what's going on. But you can ask us some questions. I mean, you can't. We'll try to come up with some answers from these last two matches. I'm your host in suburban Utah, Jeffrey Paternostro. I purchased a peach sour from the same... uh, from Epic Brewing, I've had their pink guava sour they do on oak I mean, a couple of times on the pot already. But they have peach now as it gets to be a little bit in the warmer months. It's been in the 80s early this week. I got to put it in the refrigerator. <laughs> 15 minutes ago as I went to put it in the refrigerator, I had forgot to put it in the refrigerator. Instead of grabbing another beer or cider option, of which I had a few, I decided to make a cocktail. So I made a Buffalo Negra had some fresh basil in the house because I made panzanella earlier this week. Again, it's 80 degrees. I got to use up some of this basil. So if you're not familiar, the Bufala Negra is muddled sugar, balsamic vinegar, and basil shaken with bourbon and topped with ginger beer. It's quite nice. It's a interesting spring, summer kind. It's going to be 45 degrees tomorrow and raining. That's where we are. But uh, Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. The weather's up and down. The Wednesday season is up and down. Uh, Joining me to cover still somehow in first place, Sheffield Wednesday in Portland. It's Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Uh, Well, Easter is over. Lent is over, but I am still uh, still cutting back on the midweek drinking. So I am having a, a wonderful lemon ginger from the good folks at Yogi Tea. Got my nice Timbers mug. Yeah, where are you getting 80 degrees? We haven't seen north of 50 in it's it, it, it was uh It spiked over the weekend. It like went up all last week, spiked over the weekend, and now it's going to be kind of unpleasant the next few days. Back up into the 60s next week, I think. But yeah, it's been like full-on shorts weather. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. no, we, uh, Aval- yeah. Avalanche warnings everywhere because of it. Great. We're far enough down the yeah. slope of the Wasatch. That's not really apply to us, but yeah. It's great. It's, real, so. it's baseball weather, and apparently Salt Lake City wants a Major League Baseball team. So we can we're, talk we're, about we're, it. We're going to be in competition, Mike. I think it's, I think it's two, two teams, two cities for one spot here, probably. We could share. Yeah, there you go. That's what they wanted to do with Montreal and Tampa Bay. That didn't work out so well. Huh. Anyway, this is ostensibly a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. We will review the Oxford and Accrington games, cover the Wednesday news, and preview Burton and Bristol as we slide through the crowded late season fixture schedule to the grand finale, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be. Wednesday have clinched a spot in the playoffs this week. That is a thing that happens. So there will be, uh, there'll be many, many episodes yet to come, perhaps more than I want to do, but we will start with the agenda for this one, which is Oxford and Accrington. We start away at Oxford. My word is deserved. Um, I thought this was a deserved result. We can talk about the actual penalty that was given versus the penalty that was not given uh, previously. But, you know, again, it was Wednesday got their early goal and then had chances to get out of sight in the first half, being in the second half. And, you know, by the end, Oxford looked more likely to get a winner. And we, we've seen this game before. And look, the action game is going to tweak the narrative a bit. But I was thinking about it, and, you know, we're only three weeks removed 
on this podcast from being like Wednesday is going to set a points record and, you know, maybe they'll clinch by the national meetup and, 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 and so on and, and so forth. But you would think like there were signs that this was coming right in a way, the last few matches, Wickham, Charlton, Bolton, like they got, they got wins in a lot of cases. They got results in all of them. But you look back and like now you're looking. You're looking. This is an old team that's played a lot of games, and they're starting to look a little leggy. And they're missing. Of- they're missing two key players in the spine of this team too. Yep. Uh, my, my word was fateful, and I think probably for a lot of the same reasons. Is uh, yeah, we've seen this. Um, it is what happens when you sit on one nil games for more than 70 minutes and um, you have some bad, uh, we're going to say luck. We're going to go with luck. Um, we have some, yeah, bad I mean, luck. If, if you're putting yourself in the hands of league one officiating, bad things can happen to you. Maybe more so to Wednesday than other teams this year. But uh, we just, just jump right there. I sh- sure. So uh, there was the, the real, there was a lot. First of all, yes, there was. In hindsight, I watched a good portion of the uh, of the replay of this. I saw it live, and I went back and watched it a bit more of it on the replay. There was a lot of shirt grabbing and tugging. And what's interesting is when the so games like, are on, when the games are on, Sunday mm-hmm. or ESPN, we get a lot more of these angles yeah. around the set as opposed to the um, I follow single camera thing. So you see a lot more of the grabbing, and there was a lot going on. Yeah, in the that's build-up. my that's my thing with the first one too. It's like. If if we're calling that Wednesday should have had twenty penalties this year for sure. For, I mean, look, it's a penalty and it's bad too. He's on the it's he's on the wrong side of him. It, like it looks like he doesn't do it cleverly. He doesn't do, he does it in a way that it it's going to get called more often than not. The one that did not get called right. Yeah. Okay. The one that did not get called. Yeah. yeah he tapped from behind yeah. and. Right. If you yeah. you've got to be kind of like shoulder to shoulder with the inside hand, like there's ways to do it, and you know obviously the the Leicester City team that won the Premier League title, you know West Morgan and crew were famous and like yeah. getting getting away with this kind of stuff in the box to to see out their one nils. But yeah, and to top it off, the next immediate play was the outlet pass Gregory, and yeah. it was a tackle. Yeah, but wasn't it was they they both had a shot at it and that mm-hmm. got blown. In in our in Wednesday's favor. So, anyway, so now we can fast forward back to the other set piece at the other end. Yeah. So, look, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think Famebo did himself any favors by trying to get up. He put he let basically let the player go for it. If he stays down and the, the, like the guy the guy's not getting to the ball, he just needs to stay. Like I get his instinct is to immediately get up and try to get make the play. So that's you know you can't fault him for that. It was just kind of unlucky and clumsy and you you forced her to have to make a decision and maybe she had it in the back of her head the last one she kind of let go i don't know if it was a makeup call or, or it wasn't but it I, I i i hate to be so cynical uh but yeah it, it was clearly a makeup i, yeah. I don't see how, um i don't know how she i, I mean officiating is hard let's i mean we can say that but i don't see how you keep track in your mind of oh i owe them a, yeah. i owe them a, well, you That's just get it right, you know. I, I, referees are only human. They uh, there was a penalty shout very recently in Oxford. I'm sure the fans were 
on our case as well. Like it just, you know, it just, it's like anything else. It just moves the needle a little bit and it's like all it takes. Right. And then on a, maybe a judgment, like a 50, 50 call goes the other way next time. Yeah. So, um, bad peak, bad penalty, great PK. Yeah. Great. I mean, it's Stockdale it's guessed right. And has really had no chance at it. Yeah. So now that said, there were plenty of, uh, close calls where Wednesday could have scored that. Yeah, I mean, yes. And let's, again, this is the game we've seen all year. Mm-hmm. Lots of close chances, not taking advantage of set pieces. And, um, uh, yeah, we deserved, yeah, as you said, deserved. Yep. That takes us to Accrington uh, after Sheffield Wednesday successfully ruined a bank holiday weekend for, <laughs> and really a weekend for me as well. Uh Absolutely puts Akron to the sword. A 3-0 win. Results actually break their way for a change. Plymouth lose kind of a weird one to Lincoln City. And Ipswich get pegged back late. And like, like they still owe a game in hand to both teams, but that was they needed two slip ups, so they got one slip up from so, the here- other top three teams. Next year, when August rolls around and we're doing our prediction show, yeah, let's do the literal. If it's five games left in the season, mm-hmm. Wednesday are on eighty-four points. Yeah. Would you take and clinch the play? Would you take that? See, we need to do what? What league are we in? <laughs> yeah, and we're still in League One. Well, it's interesting. This this would have won last year's League One. Yeah. Um, already, but we I mean, don't have. We've we've seen that, and look. Uh, Really, up until Monday, Plymouth and Ipswich, especially, have been flying. And look, I'm not saying Wednesday played badly during their unbeaten run of 23 games. There are a lot of games you can never get out of second gear and win in this league. It's true. And the problem is, Wednesday haven't been winning those games the last few weeks almost a month now at this point but well the other thing is there's nobody in this playoff picture that i want to deal with <laughs> uh, even with it, even peterborough getting their uh, points deduction delayed for an entire year well, that's not sketchy well, at all delayed it's like provisional more than delayed but yeah. oh is it provisional all right provisional it's like they need to keep their books they squeaky keep their books straight for six months and they'll wait yeah. whatever. it's the same all thing right, let's talk about match so actually look can we I mean, talk about barry in Oxford, should probably mention that. Yeah, sure. A great, so, it's a great goal. <laughs> like it was they, weren't, they weren't scoring any other way, so fair enough. It was. It was kind of like that new you, uh, famous yeah. new you. Well, they, the, like the the new you one was a great goal, but um, it was more like a like a looper, right? He kind of got. It was like a up and under kind of thing. Literally- he he was further. He was further. Like Bannon's yeah. just was a like a frisbee basically. Like I didn't think it had a chance and I don't think the keeper thought it had a chance and it just out of like the last 10 feet just curl. Like I'd like to see, I'd actually like to see it from, I think I did see it from a behind the goal angle. I'm like, I don't even know how he did this. Yeah. Anyway, we can just throw it in the mixer for the goals of the season contest or whatever, which there've been a fair few at this point. All right. Stanley. Yeah. Um, I am like, look, the, 
this was kind of the same game for a while, right? They got the early goal from a Denner and a great, great finish to be fair. I thought an initial look at took a deflection, but looking at the, uh, uh, it was definitely the sideline, yeah. the sideline shot from their, I mean, you know, their YouTube, uh, day of the match video. I think it went through clean. I think he just, yeah, it's just put it in the exact right spot and the keeper had no chance. Um, what I did like about that goal, they took the absolute fucking worst set piece before <laughs> it and had to like yeah. recycle possession to get there. And I'm already a little annoyed because I've been annoyed for about a month watching this team now. And it was like another set piece. Like, what are you doing? Like getting too clever on the training ground. But they do recycle possession. It falls to Denner and nice finish. And then again, they had chances to make it 2-0 uh, for most of the first half. I mean, Accrington were abject. Right. Uh, you can see why they're, they're struggling as badly as they are uh, in recent form and just really overall in the league. But again, you get to, you get to one nil and they had like a couple half chance that they had the, they had like a free kick in a good area. I think they hit the, yeah, the free kick hit the top of the crossbar, I think something like that right. or close or just skimmed it. So they, I mean, they had a couple chances here and there. So it's always, you put yourself in that position right. and then, Straight off in the second half, another Adenarian goal. Again, a bit of a scrappy one, but you know he does a good job holding off his man and and winning the ball and just kind of like shuttling it over the line. It's where both goals were in traffic, and then both goals, if you were to isolate him, looked dynamic. But both goals were <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the prettiest. Yeah, it's it's hard to look at the it's hard to not look at these two games together mm. and look at the scores and look at their performances on Friday versus their performances on Monday. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't think Liam Palmer played forward at all against Oxford. And um, he really, you know, stood and well, got the goal in, in this one. But, um, yeah, um, Dennis was just also completely absent. And, again, well, if I don't know what he's doing when there's a lot of traffic in there. But mm -hmm. as far as, like, open play, he was largely absent against uh, Oxford. So it's it's really hard to not see the 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 balance the yin and the yang of these two these two matches. Um, yeah, and again, some of it's just I mean they've generally I think they've been very very difficult to beat at Hillsborough basically, um, and then they got a they got a, a better performance. It's still not all the way there for me. Um, do you make anything of Dawson coming back into the squad on? It's just about to ask Monday? you the same. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't feel like a little. For me, it's more of a chemistry thing. Whenever I you guess. do, the, I guess they're in my. From what I can tell, they're close enough in Darren Moore's eyes that yeah, I think he just and like I kind of got playing Stockdale in the bad weather and whatnot when they when they first brought him back in, and then it's kind of like, you know, he spilled a couple. I, I think one of them it'd be a little harsh to criticism criticize him. A couple of them, he's got to do better, uh, basically. And again, you're dealing with fine margins. I do think Dawson's the better shot stopper. Yeah, he wasn't really he wasn't really called to do much in the Stanley game, but no, I, there's still something to say. I might not even see how many shots Stanley had, but I, I, there's still something about keeping them both relatively confident. Um, let's see, shots. Yeah, they had nine, uh, two two shots on target. So there you go. I, that's more than I would have guessed, but yeah, fair enough. Too cool. so. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it feels like it's a little, I don't want to say like panic stations, but it, 
it just feels like he's like trying to evoke something, right? Like Darren Moore trying to get something out of the squad. I'm not entirely sure what it is. Um, I'm not entirely sure it's working, but goals. How about goals? Goals. I mean, I don't know how change of the keeper is going to matter there, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I said we'd wouldn't do this until we have to do it. I guess we sort of have to do it now. But looking at their remaining schedule, obviously yes. we got you know it's Burton and Bristol. You know, one uh, they go at Burton. And then they, uh, you know, it's at Burton at Bristol. They only have two home games left out of the five. Yeah. And I mean, Burton's not in great form. Bristol's in pretty good form. How Next different time. would it be if we had been discussing this four weeks ago? <laughs> now it's like all yeah. these games. Are... Yeah, I you know, like Burton's, Burton's safe, I think. Um. Oh, they have a lot of games left, but I think they're safe table wise. Um, you know, Bristol's just kind of playing out the string in the middle of the table, as is Shrewsbury, as is Exeter. You know, the one thing I've been saying so long, I don't want it to come down to the last game at Darby. It's probably got to come yeah. down to the last game against Darby. I had to get up at goddamn That's, yeah. 7 a.m. Welcome to the to Mountain Times. To do it last time. And I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. Yep. to do it this time. I'll do it. I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'll do Let's, it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that the... Yeah, yeah, like Darby or... I mean, Darby, you have a better idea of where... They're all Dar- right. Darby's either going to be... either going to absolutely need a result there or they're going to be Mad disappointed and- or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how to... Yeah. Um, or they're going to be already in the playoffs. I don't. I don't know. Um, and maybe again, I think there's an Ipswich Barnsley game in a few weeks. I believe and that's I hate, correct. Yeah. And so you got to hope that that's a draw. I mean, if you want to look at that, Ipswich is home at Charlton, home at Port Vale, at Petersborough, at Barnsley, home against Exeter, and finish at Fleetwood Town. That's that's, that's tricky. I did read today that Exeter is the one team that plays all three of uh, all three of these guys. Yeah, I mean that's tricky if you if you want to really, you know, sort of play that out to its conclusion. And Plymouth is at Exeter, at Shrewsbury, home against Cambridge, home against Bristol, home against Burton, at Port Vale. So that's not the hardest schedule in the world. <laughs> no, well, none of them are, but all these no. just slipped. Yeah, I mean they just. You know, they got drilled by Bolton in the Pizza Cup final. They just lost to Lincoln at home. And now they got two pretty long trips to Exeter and Shrewsbury. I mean, there's no short trips from Plymouth, basically. I also don't know my English geography that well. So if that's wrong, fair enough. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a joke in there. Um, yeah, what's wild is if you look at um, Lincoln City has beat Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Drew with us and beat Ipswich. <laughs> those imps, those those those. Uh, so clever anyway, little imps, spicy little imps. Yeah. The version two of that and give every, give everybody a headache. Yeah. So, would you take first place? Would you rather have the points or the games in hand? I I you know at this point I'd rather have the points. 
I agree. A, a couple of weeks ago, month ago, I'd rather the games in hand. But right now, you want the points just because oh. it's a long season. It's a crowded fixture schedule. Look, look I mean, the- Plymouth and Ipswich should take care of business. But again, you see the slip ups, right? I think you always want to put uh, you're putting the pressure on the other teams, right? I don't actually yeah. know. I can actually this up when their games in hand are. Obviously not this week since one well, yeah, has it's two fixtures. But yeah, I think Joe Crane had an article about that today about how late this is all going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah, so the longer the longer you can stay in first place and put pressure on them to get results, you know, stuff can happen, even in this league. Um, yeah. That said, I did like it more when they were up six with two games in hand or whatever <laughs> it was. I did prefer that. But at this point in the season, given this specific scenario, uh, yeah, I would rather be in first. I would rather have the points. Yeah. On that, we'll take a break, come back, cover the Wednesday news, and preview some matches where Wednesday need to get some more points to keep those points coming. back now it's time for some wednesday news not much wednesday news but both barry bannon and darren moore have been shortlisted for the efl year-end awards uh, for both player of the year and manager of the year uh, <laughs> i always feel like this is one uh maybe don't like this happens in baseball too all the time where you vote for it before the end of the season and <laughs> oh god then you know what, uh, <laughs> no. uh, not not uh not uh, I, necessarily going to reflect well I, a couple weeks after when Darren, they announce it or whatever. I, I love Darren Moore, but I think given the quality of our alleged alleged quality of our squad and our salary uh, should be. Look, if they were still on pace for 105 points or whatever, give it to them all day. But, <laughs> but if we are still fighting for uh, automatic promotions at the point, there's probably another team. That, and I, I, you see these teams coming out of nowhere. Um you know, they're, they're managed. I didn't even see who the other nominees were, so that's um, probably not good crap on my end. But um. Bannon's an interesting one to me because, like, obviously, it's a weird one, right? Because this gets into, like, this is another baseball debate, but, like, best player versus most valuable player kind of thing. I I, I would suspect Bannon, if not the best player in uh, League One, is certainly up there. Um in the in the conversation although shout out to alfie may great job great job this week <laughs> uh but yeah i mean there's i don't know if there's somebody that's knocked in 28 goals like michael smith last year or whatever like kicking around i'm sure there probably is but uh probably on ipswich if i had to guess well, I mean, and then you know at the guy at darby goldrich is that yeah, his yeah. Name? yeah he's but, not- but, but, bro he might be like I, bannon's probably not gonna win wednesday player of the year if i make yeah, I mean, he should certainly be in the conversation. Um, you know, the the few games that he missed with his and was a hamstring or leg injury or whatever are fairly pretty much washed out at this point. Most of those were cup ties anyway. Yeah, but he's been you know he was not great in these last two games outside of the goal. Um, you know, he's again this is kind of one of those things, right? Teams that are playing Sheffield Wednesday game play to stop Barry Bannon. Which does allow, you know, Liam Palmer and George Byers and right. Marvin Johnson to do more. Yeah, again, I think a I, most 
Wednesday fans would say that Liam Palmer has been our best player this yeah. year. Uh, and okay, so I'm looking at the manager of the year shortlist, and it is Plymouth and Wednesday. Yeah. So, um, which makes you want. Yeah. <laughs> also, along with American sports, are these people actually watching the games? Um, well, that's also like baseball manager of the year, where it's just the teams that basically overperform preseason expectations the most. So we can. Can test Justin's preview because the players of the year are uh, Barry Bannon, mm-hmm. Collins from Bristol Rovers, and Johnson Clark Harris. Three last names: Johnson Clark uh, yes, Harris. Yes, the one that I thought was three separate players, but wasn't. I think. Yeah. <laughs> good. Is that good? Correctly. Um, who did you say? You say you said Aaron Collins. Collins. Yeah. Yeah. I so. mean, fifteen goals and eleven assists as a winger is is pretty good. <laughs> that that's a yeah. lot. That's a lot of. Uh, Play on the table. So it's yeah. a lot of scoring contributions, especially, if, you know, again, for a team that's, you know, mid table and has only scored 53 goals this year. He's been involved in half of them. <laughs> Maybe they're, yeah. Maybe they're yeah. fodder yep. there. Yep. Uh, before we get to the previews, we do win five games to play. Let's just run through the injury concerns. This has uh, been helpfully compiled by Joe Cran over at the Sheffield Star. Uh, we saw Michael Smith and Callum Patterson back in the squad. Patterson got some game time. Smith's on the bench, uh, and Moore said after the game that he didn't really want to use him. Fair enough. Uh, we'll see. I I would expect him. Joe Cran expects him to be in the squad at Burton. I would expect him to be on the bench there, too. Again, maybe in more of a super sub role. But we'll see. Again. I mean, it can come down to how he's been training this week, I assume. These are all players you think you would be resting if yeah. you were playing in the bottom of the table, but who knows? Yep. Uh, Reese James uh, took a knock early against Akron Stanley, but he seems to be okay at this point. So hopefully, I th- I think he's offered at least a little bit of uh, energy in the midfield. Uh, you know, he's not the most natural midfielder in the world, but. He's had some quality crosses, but um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know he's played midfield in the past, even for Darren Moore. So, uh, not clear on Malik Wilkes what's going on. He also he's also he subbed off at halftime for Patterson. Uh, Moore referred to it as soreness or fatigue. So I don't know what that means. Uh, I know he's looked a little uneven. better lately. Uneven, but better lately. The the first. I mean, he had a couple, he had that, I don't want to say it was a clear-cut chance, but he had that through ball that he got onto, and, I mean, I really would have <sighs> taken himself instead of squaring it to Gregory. Like, there's, that's not even, like, being unselfish, because Gregory was not in, like, a great position to... Yeah, that could have been the put You just got to put your laces through it from there and make the, you know, make the keeper make a stop, I think. Right. Um, but I think he has been, uh, at least give her, gives him a little bit of more pace up front, which is something they badly need. Uh, Byers, <laughs> probably not going to play. <laughs> maybe, maybe at Wembley, but uh, I just... we don't want to. We don't want to think about that. I'm just saying hypothetically. <laughs> Windass, I, I guess they keep doing fitness tests, and he's not quite there yet. But it sounds like uh, I would I, not I would say he's more likely he's back at some point this season. Byers probably, but he, I... when he went down, it did not look great. I, I think we are going to see some Wendass on the bench as like the desperation, desperation. Yeah. If we if the table doesn't go our yeah. way. 
Uh, right. Michael, Michael Heckway is back in training. Uh, we'll see how that goes. At least a little more depth in the back line. I'd be a little like it. You know, it would be. He does seem to want to rest Famewo and Flint a little bit, just because they haven't featured a ton in the last year, and this is a lot of games. And Heckway would mm-hmm. add to that. I would be a little concerned about throwing a Heckway right into a promotion I- push. I'm actually way more concerned about taking Aiden Flint out of the lineup. He, <laughs> yeah, I'm again getting frustrated with everybody waiting for these killer headers, mm-hmm. but he, I mean, I mean goals headers, yeah, yeah, but right. having some solid defensive games. So, um, yeah. Uh, Jack Hunt is dealing with a calf issue and Ben Hennigan will not be back until next year. So that is your injury roundup. Again, I think the keys here are Windass and Byers. It does not sound like Byers is going to be back. Uh, and then with Windass, you know, they you took 15 goals out of the squad when he was not uh, available, and that's going to sting a little bit. And they have even with the, a little bit more informed Gregory, that is going to be uh, be something they're going to have to deal with going forward. And go forward we shall to Burton Albion and a trip to Burton Albion at. The weekend. I believe this is their last Saturday 10 a.m. game of the season. Is that right? No. No, no, no. This is we're back to Saturday 10 a.m.s. We just got off a whole sleigh of okay. not having games. So uh, it's like Yes. They are in eighteenth. Twelve nine and eighteen, forty five points, seven clear of the drop zone, fifty one goals, seventy four against. For a minus twenty three goal difference. Second most goals allowed in the league. And I did see a when I was scanning the news, uh, their manager said if they turn up against Sheffield Wednesday and defend like they did over the uh, holiday break, they would concede four or five. So I'm all for that. I'll, I'll, take, <laughs> I'll take the under. <laughs> At home, Appreciate their form is 16th, 7, 5, and 7, 23 goals, 30 against. So, I mean, a little bit better in terms of... Uh, Goals allowed ratio at home, but still not great. They are eighth in the form table. Uh, they have been uh, loss, win, draw, win, loss, win. And the last game was a 4-2 win at Hillsborough with Bennett and Wilkes with a goal and an assist each. I vaguely remember this. Who are they? Burton upon Trent, Burton on Trent, Burton, Shepherdshire, Southwest of South Yorkshire. That's a lot. Uh, they are, of course, known for brewing with Burton Abbey and one else. Uh, they have a lot of uh, breweries, microbrews and the likes. The club was formed in 1950 and are, of course, nicknamed the Brewers, starting in the 11th tier. Uh, Nigel Clough helped them up to conference. Uh, in the 2006 FA Cup, they held United to nil no before losing the replay and finally made the EFL in 2009. And uh, they did make the uh, League Cup semifinals in 2018 and 2019, you might remember that for them losing 9 nothing to Man City in the first leg. <laughs> Their manager is Dino Mamria. He is Tunisian, managed around non-league and lower leagues. Uh, I think we looked at his wiki list for his playing career in the last go-round. We have 3-4-3 or 4-3-3, usually with one up top. And let's, let's all do the League One song and dance together. They like to concede possession and play on the counter. Long balls and good in the air. They've used 40 players this season, including Sam Winnell, who is out for the year. Uh, the current forward up top is Dale Taylor, who's only 19 years old. It's five goals and one assist. 
Other players of note uh, on the back line, Sam Hughes and Thomas Hammer at uh, center back and right back. And Adedeji Oshilaja is their central midfielder who's chipped in with three goals and three assists. Just got to go in and let's get those four or five goals. Get those four or five goals and I'll take my chances, basically. Is what I'm looking for here. I've been saying this a lot. Just, just get three points. Just get three points. Just get three points. Another game which they're going to need to get three points. Bristol Rovers. Uh, midweek. Midweek. All right. Yeah. Is either I don't know if it's Tuesday or Wednesday. It's not something I looked up, but we can figure that out later. They are 14th in the table. 14, nine, and 16. 53 goals for 61 against. At home, they're only 20th, though. 6-6-8, six, six, and eight, so they've actually been a little bit better away from home. Minus 7 goal difference. They are also tied with Burton Albion as 8th in the form table. Win-win, loss-loss, win-draw. And their last meeting was a 1-1 draw at Hillsborough in late October. I have no memory of this match. I think I might remember that one. It was I think it was get, in the unbeaten streak. Was this one or, of their like, really kind of listless draws, I feel like? They probably scored in the 20th minute and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Conceded a bad penalty. Something like that. Bristol on the Avon, largest city in the southwest of England. The Pirates and the Gas. Uh, In 1883, they were formed as the Black Arabs FC, named after the rugby club and their black kits. The Eastville Rovers, and when they went professional in 1897, the Bristol Rovers. They entered the EFL in the third division in 1920, and have generally been a second and third division team until 2000. Third and fourth since. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we covered this last time, too. They won the Watney Cup in 1972 over the Pigs. Um, I will not go through the Watney Cup's illustrious history on Wikipedia, which I suspect I probably did back in uh, late October when we covered this the first time. If anyone would like, we'll we'll get that link, the the link to the previous podcast out in the show notes. So everyone can go back and listen to the Watney Cup, hot Watney Cup. Um, for the record, it was a uh, first half goal to Wednesday, a second half goal to Bristol. So, and then, there you go, very familiar. Uh, the manager is Joey Barton, who I think we all know at this point. Uh, they were relegated, I guess, uh, two years ago, then came back up. The seven nil win in the last game to get a five goal swing. They play a four two three one with the ball keeper always involved as an extra man. They like wingers, they like set pieces, compact and aggressive off the ball. So if they press Wednesday at home, we've seen some struggles. They even like, uh, Accrington gave them even a little bit of fits after the first goal when they started pressing a little bit more. Uh, Wednesday were able to handle a little better than like Forest Green or Barnsley or other teams, but that might be something to keep an eye on. Uh, At the midweek, and they also like a quick counter press when losing the ball. So there's going to be uh, some pressure on, I think, the midfield and the wing backs to sort of keep their shape and keep their heads. Uh, as mentioned, Aaron Collins, their left winger, 15 goals and 11 assists. Other players of notes um, up front, Josh Coburn has chipped in with nine goals. Uh, on the other side of Collins is. Uh, Longtime journeyman Scott Sinclair on the right wing was five goals and three assists. Ryan Loft has scored four goals and one assist, uh, one, added one assist mostly off the bench. And uh, Glenn Whelan is still around at 38-year-old Glenn Whelan 
uh, might might feature on the bench for Bristol. I believe he featured a little bit in the first game, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, they they look. They, there's there's no there's no room for slip ups. There's no room for wobbles. There's no room for bad days at the office. I expect this one's gonna be a little bit trickier than Burton. Although this is a team that could rightfully be on the beach if they were so inclined to be on the beach at this point. Very very mid table, so that might play to the Wednesday's advantage. Maybe they get that early first half goal and Bristol doesn't want to. I shouldn't say Bristol because people get annoyed when. We say heard, uh, people. We get annoyed. People say Sheffield. When Rovers might get a little. Uh, in this week's edition, more complacent. Yeah. In this week's edition of We're Not Sheffield, um, yeah. I did. Someone had the great joke about that. Only works for Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great quiz to find to quiz people about Bristol mm-hmm. City versus Bristol Rovers. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure I've told this story before on the uh, on the podcast, but I was. Sitting in a bar in Queens, coming in probably for a New York Owls meetup. And I had like a Wednesday hat on or kit, maybe. And uh, you know, the bartender go, oh, it's funny. And I actually don't I don't remember which was which, which is the, which is the funny part. I think it was City. Uh, this was, I think, the year, the first, I think this would have been around the time, the first time Rovers got promoted to League One. But it was also the same year, I think, City dropped out of the Football League. Or am I getting that vice versa? This is how bad it is. I can't keep track of. Uh, yeah, I think it was City that dropped out of the the league, and Bristol and Rovers got promoted. I think I might be okay. making a complete hash of this, but whatever it was, uh, he mentioned that it was. A, uh, I think it, he said it was a Bristol City fan at the end of the bar. I said, "Oh, nice season this year." And I, because I, in my head, I thought that he was the team. Whatever I did, I screwed up, and the guy just gave me the dirtiest look you'll ever see in your life. And then Which I'm like, did- "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Making the exact point that these mm. two teams are distinguishable to yes. the neutral. Yeah. Do we have, I don't think we have any other business. I'm pretty sure we don't have any other business. Um, no, I mean, uh, it looks like New York Owls are back to their... Uh, yeah, they're all at the self-esteem concert tonight uh, in, in New York City. I'm sure Patty will once again try to get them to come to the meetup on uh, on Saturday. I think I recall lately. I'm sure she's like touring. So I feel like the concert was closer to this. I think the concert was on a Friday night last time in the city. And that's why they tried to get in there. So come to a game, but check your papers and look for, uh, look, look for self-esteem on tour. That'd be great. But for now, you've been listening to episode 213 of the Owls Americast. Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. You can find us at owlsamericas.com, email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com, and find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesday as Trevor and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesday to find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, where in the world i guess specifically where in portland oregon are they going to put a baseball stadium oh they've oh this is oh we could have a separate podcast about <laughs> this uh, and there there is the portland diamond project will happily yes. answer that. <laughs> there industri- as with every city there's some nice industrial space there is yeah right? there is yeah warehouse district here between the airport and i-15 yeah <laughs> we're just north of the 405 yeah, and yeah. It, as always setting they'd have quite the backdrop with mount hood and mm-hmm. 
And no. they have to it'd be a little trickier. You get that far from the highway. I guess you can get still get a decent view of the Wasatch from there. Obviously, you can't do it towards the uh, the Ochre because you get the sun directly in the batter's eyes the entire time as it goes over the Western Mountains. Uh, on that note, uh, we'll see you back here. If Wednesday don't do well, this might just be a baseball podcast next week. Thank <laughs> you.